0: for joining us today on the harvest podcast before we go to today's message we want to invite you to check out our website www.harvestagokc.com again that's harvestagokc.com now here's today's message we pray that it will bless your life as you listen Presidential elections are over. Now that was really scary. My birthday is, yeah, still is. My birthday is over. Thank you, all of you who sent me birthday cards to remind me how old I am. Thanksgiving is this week. Christmas is right around the corner, and then it is off to another new year. Doesn't time fly? Well, it's going really fast for you, dude. If it's going to be that way, I got them to come back at you. I can shoot both ways. No, I'm kidding, Benny. So the question is, as fast as time flies, how many blessed people do we have here today? You know that you are blessed. You know that God has been good to you. Amen. But you know, it is possible to be blessed, but then to start taking it for granted. Have you ever been there? Where we don't appreciate the magnitude of the blessings of the Lord in our life. I want you to know, and I say it publicly, I thank God for His blessings every day. First and foremost, I am glad that my sins have been washed in the blood of the Lamb I am glad my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm glad that I know who I am. I'm glad that I know whose I am. I'm glad that I know where I'm going, and it's all because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when you are truly thankful, you let other people know about it. If you find a good restaurant, you tell your friends. If your doctor saves your life, you let other people know about it. If someone has helped you get a car or a house, you tell people about it, you give those people kudos, you give them high fives, you give them hugs, what do you do? You give that person praise. Well, as we relate that to us in the church, we as Christians, well, we may make a lot of noise, but... I'm not sure a lot of noise equates to a lot of praise. Our text today is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, which says, Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Now, we're used to that part of the Scripture. If we've been in church any time at all, we've heard that many, many times. But we may not pay attention that much attention to the end of that Scripture. Therefore, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So, if our praise is the fruit of our lips, what is the source of that fruit? What is the tree that the fruit of our lips grows on? You see lip service without a source, it's really nothing but hot air. The fact that you say hallelujah or amen because I say hallelujah or amen, that is not the fruit of your lips. That is just you echoing something that I said. You can go to the Grand Canyon and you can holler, I love you. And the Grand Canyon is going to holler back, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But you don't walk away with a warm and fuzzy feeling because you know those rocks are not thinking about you. They're just repeating what you yelled. Now, if you do go there and you do get a warm fuzzy when those rocks call back at you, you're truly an unlovable person and we will pray for you after service. But you know a lot of times in church... we have people echoing what they hear someone else say without it being the fruit of their lips. Without it being born from their heart because of the deep relationship that they have with the Lord. I mean, have you ever known those people who work so hard at being spiritual that, well, just to be frank, they end up being strange? You ever know anyone like that? We see a lot of times these people are in denial. They think that they're being spiritual, but these same people, they forget to be nice. They think they're spiritual and they leave a gospel track when they finish eating, but they leave a 50-cent tip with it. Uh Uh-oh. He's going to preach today, isn't he? They think they're being spiritual, but they forget to be kind. In trying to live the commandments, they forget the intent of the commandments. And so if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to truly influence people for Christ, you have to be a real person. You have to be a practical person and not scare people off. Now, when my wife and I first began to talk about life insurance, Starla said, oh, no, 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 no. I I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You just do what you want to do. You sign whatever you want to sign because, because if something happens to you, I'd go crazy anyway. And that's because I'm so wonderful. I'm sure you understand that. And, and, but I said, I said, Starler, baby, listen to me. Now, you may be real sad and you may cry if something happens to me, but while you're crying, baby, you're going to get hungry. I have never seen anyone cry so long that they don't want a Big Mac. I've never seen anyone grieve so bad that they didn't need to use the bathroom. So you're going to need some water. You're going to need some light so you can write all those thank you cards for all the flowers I'm going to receive because I am so wonderful. And you know how crying you know it makes you get hot under the collar so you're going to need some air conditioning. And then after a while, you're going to need some gas to put in the car so you can go to the mall to get some new shoes so you can start dating again. Practical, right? I said, hey, baby, look, you're going to have a life. You're going to have a life, and I release you to marry somebody else. Now, I may haunt you, but it's okay to marry him. Don't get upset if you see my bass guitar thumping around midnight every night. But you see, I was trying to be practical. I was trying to lay out a plan, a strategy. And I think we should wear our salvation in a very practical way so that our praise to God and our worship to God should be a continual part of our everyday practical Christian life. That's what true thanksgiving is. And so what does it mean to be thankful? What does it look like to praise God? Well, you see, our parents and our grandparents, they talked about having a consecration, being consecrated. And being consecrated simply means that you live with a sensitivity and a closeness to the presence of God where you can access God whenever you need Him. Living with a consecration means you don't have to go on a three-day fast to try to get God's attention. And so when we talk about thanksgiving and when we talk about praise, it is an action. It is something we do because we must praise God with the fruit of our lips. Now, of course, it's an action. We open open our lips, we say forth words, but praise is also an attitude. If you have action without the attitude, you have the same thing as the echo in the Grand Canyon. You have your lips saying something, but it has not been born from the recesses of your heart. And so, it's really not the fruit of your lips. It's just your lips saying words. Just your lips echoing something. You see, attitude deals with our heart while action deals with our lips. And so this Thanksgiving season, don't let our actions be opposite of our attitude. Now, I'm sure that you've known people who they walk around and they're saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, bless you, you, Lord, oh, Lord, we just thank you. But if you're around them any length of time, you realize that they're really not very thankful. They just go through the actions, saying things that they're supposed to say, but they do not have an attitude of gratitude. They really don't have that consecration to God because they're really just doing what they think they ought to do out of religious duty. You say amen because someone else says amen. Listen, you can work real hard at being religious but fail miserably. You do the outer things that the Bible says to do, but you don't have that inner covenant connection, that consecration with God that you really ought to have. It's like, let me give you an example, like those people who witness, because we preachers, we say, hey, you need to witness for Jesus Christ. But these people do it in a way, they don't do it in the right way, and so they come across as being weird, and if you do that, you'll end up insulting people. Now, of course, you mean well, but you don't get the results you want because you don't understand how to relate to people. You're not practical, as we discussed earlier. Well, praise is exactly like that. Praise is not just words. Your praise has to be an attitude of thankfulness. It's just an appreciation of the goodness of God in your life that you express every day with every breath you take. That doesn't mean you say it with every breath you take, but it's that attitude. That permeates from your heart. But you know what's interesting is these days there are so many people who are not appreciative. The Bible talks about it. I mean, you can have grown children who aren't appreciative. I mean, you changed their diapers, you fed them Happy Meals, you sent them to school and gave them that education, and even now you still babysit their bratty kids and they're not appreciative. I know you can't say amen to that because your kids may be here. Now, these kids may say thank you, but thank you is more than lip service. It's an attitude that you have in your heart that shows up in your actions. Appreciation will bring your kids to see you besides when you babysit for them. Appreciation will make your kids help pick up the mess that their kids made at your house. And so just like that, there should be something in our attitude that appreciates everything that God has given us. You know, sometimes people, they're not appreciative, they're not thankful because they look at all the things in their lives that are broken and not going the way that they would like them to go. But friend, every one of us need to realize that every person in this room has things in their life that are not the way that we would like them to be. And so if everything in your life has to be fixed before you're thankful, you're never going to be thankful. Because your price tag on praise is too high. Oh, well, hey, when my marriage straightens out, then I'll be thankful. But even when you straighten out that scallywag of a husband, it's just going to be something else that's bugging you. thankfulness is costing too much friend your attitude is birthed in your heart and the fruit of your lips comes out of your heart so when you start thanking god and appreciating god it's not enough just to chant a chant of praise but your lips should be speaking what your heart is leaking your lips should be speaking what your heart is leaking Because Luke 6.45 says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so, when your heart is full of thankfulness, it will be reflected in your lips. If you're with a new group of people that you don't know very well and you want to get to know them, all you need to do is close your mouth and listen. And if you're there long enough, if you're with them long enough, you're going to find out all about them. Because when people start yakking, their heart shows up. You're going to find out real quick if they're for OU or OSU. You're going to find out real quick who they voted for. And so with that in mind, on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're going to take a look at our old buddy, King David. Now, there are many things about David that were not admirable. But when God found David, God said something that was unbelievably significant. God said, I found a man who is after my heart. Now, that doesn't mean that that David was a perfect pattern of who God is. But David was a man who was constantly, continually pursuing God. And God said David has faults, of course he has problems, but David loves me, so I believe I'm going to make that boy king. Pretty big step, isn't it? Do you realize that David's only qualification for being king was that he was a praiser He had no previous job experience. He wasn't an heir to the throne. He wasn't from a royal bloodline. So the only thing that he had going for him was that he had an attitude of gratitude to his God. The only thing. And with thanksgiving, he received promotion. I mean, do you understand that thankful people are attractive people? God is attracted to thankful people. God blesses thankful people, and even if you and I don't like them, God is going to bless them anyway. And so David shouldn't have been king because people only look at the outside, but God looks at our heart. And listen, you can't snow God. He knows when we appreciate the things that He's done in our life. (laughs) <laughs> Let me, and it doesn't require us walking around talking in tongues all the time so that you can't hold a conversation with me because I might fall out in the spirit. <laughs> hey, how's it going today? Oh, you good. Why you think? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going out on a limb here, but people like that make me nervous. I'm not judging. I'm not judging anyone. We work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But but they make me nervous. I mean, they might be spiritual, they may be, but, I mean, it's spooky to me. And it's not the kind of spooky where I'm impressed with you. It's the kind of spooky where I want to get in the other room. Because, listen, I've been saved, and I've been filled with the Holy Spirit a long, long time. And I have had the privilege of being around some of the greatest ministers and teachers of our time And it's not like that. You know, people like that scare away so many more people than than they will ever attract. And so we don't have to try so hard. You see, because a real attitude of gratitude, a real thankfulness to our Heavenly Father is going to show up. You're having a conversation and a tear just leaks out. You start thinking about something that God has done and the appreciation just wells up inside of you. Out of nowhere, you begin to think about how, God, how good God has been to you. It's just a gratitude that grows up in your heart and you can't get that from a tape. You can't get that in a book. It has to originate out of your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when you start speaking like that, When you live with an attitude like that, God honors that, and he blesses that, and God will promote you. Friend, listen to me. God doesn't need anything we have except our praise. That's all he wants, and that's all he needs. And so, if you've been blessed, if you've been blessed... There is a good chance that you are a praiser. You know how it is. You lived in your house over 10 years, but you still stop and say, oh, Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just thank you for this house that you've given me. It's gratitude. It's appreciation for what you have. It's just simple praise. Even now, every now and then, I get in my car and say, Lord, I thank you for my car. And I know, I know there's some of you thinking, well, yeah, you got a really nice car. But I want you to know when I was 16 years old and I had a 1974 bright yellow Ford Pinto with two black racing stripes down the hood and everyone teased me for being a bumblebee, I said, God, thank you because it was still better than my bike. When you have that kind of attitude, God will make sure that you are blessed. And it's because your heart has embraced this sacrifice of praise. It's not something that just comes from your lip. It has to be born out of your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to talk. And when your mouth and your heart come into agreement, powerful things begin to happen in your life. You know, people all the time, they go to seminars, they spend money on trying to figure it out, you know, how to be successful, how to go to the next level. Friend, if you're a Christian, the way to go to the next level is being thankful on every level. You can't wait until you get to the top floor to be thankful. You have to thank God every step of the way. You see, this is the argument that God had with Satan over Job. Satan said, Job is only praising you because he's living on Easy Street. If you'll knock him down to the first floor, he'll curse you. God said, "Uh uh-uh. Not my servant Job. Job is an upright man. You can take him all the way to the basement, and I'm telling you, Job will not curse me. Well, you know the story. I mean, Job lost everything. I'm not just talking about the house, the fields, and the livestock. Job's kids died. I mean, it's one thing for them to show up and take your car, but it's another thing for your kids to burn up in the house. You talk about a test of your faith. Oh, 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 I got a splinter in my finger. God, I don't think you're real. He lost his health. He lost his reputation. And on top of all that, Job had a really crummy marriage. His old hateful wife looked at him and said, Job, you buzzard, why don't you just curse God and die? Now, Starla has said some harsh things to me before, but not that harsh. But even then, Job still had praise in him. Job said emphatically, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And when Job started praising God, even in cloth and ashes, that cloth and ashes, God said, I'm going to break that curse off your life, Job. I'm going to give you double for your trouble because you have kept your integrity with me. Friend, your integrity with God is in your praise. If you don't have any praise in your heart, you need to check out your Christianity. That may be tough, but that's fact." Because when you can praise God when people come and you can praise God when people go and you can praise God when they hire you and you can praise God when they fire you, when you can praise God with and you can praise God without, God will always make sure you end up on the top floor and you will receive promotion. This is what I believe the Bible is referring to when it talks about the key of David. The key of David. Now, we find this phrase in Isaiah chapter 22 and in Revelation chapter 3. And I believe, my opinion, that praise, praise, thankfulness, gratitude was the key of David. And it unlocked God's hidden treasure in his life. Listen, praise, as we've seen, it's not just an attitude. Praise is not just an action, but praise is also a weapon. Just like David did when you start praising God, it unlocks a defense against the enemy. It will immediately give you an arsenal of strength and put a shield of faith up against your adversary. Praise will guard your heart. Praise will protect you in a crisis. Praise will calm your nerves. If you are fighting depression and the enemy is telling you to give up and die, if you'll just begin to say, Lord, I thank you. You are the giver of life. God, you brought me through everything. If you brought me through all that back there, I know you're going to take me through all this up here. If you begin to praise God, depression will lose its grip and begin to turn you loose. This is the key of David. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, you know how it is. This isn't your first Thanksgiving rodeo. Next Thursday, you know Uncle Joe is going to say something stupid. He always does. Always does. And then Aunt Susie is going to put her two cents in, and then the fight is going to be on The Thanksgiving dinner with the family that you have all these great aspirations for is going to go down the toilet. Friend, your relief is in your praise. This is the key of David. And when stress has you locked up, you have to reach down in your belly and you have to pull out the key of David and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You need to unlock that stress that Satan's trying to put on you and say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Just start talking in tongues right there in front of your family. Just freak them all out. They'll have to go out to the car and hit their bottle. (laughs) Boy, obviously, I struck a chord with that one. You guys have a lot of family that kind of. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, Mike, I don't feel it. So what? You don't have to feel it. Be like Nike and just do it. Just do it. Praise is not a feeling. Praise is a fact. Praise and thanksgiving have nothing to do with your emotions. Your emotions can be in the basement, but praise will put you up in the penthouse. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. It's not rocket science, but it is hard. I speak from experience. I'm down in the dumps, and Starless says, Mike, just praise God. And I want a backhander got a woman. Thing is, I never do that because she can beat me up. Dynamite comes in small packages. Let every, Benny, just go ahead. I'm going to cut you off before you even get started. Anyone who wears goofy hats like you do, I don't, you know, I don't. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Listen, God isn't insecure, but He knows that when you praise Him, it is going to unlock the things in your life, and that will overcome your negative emotions. Now, now we have the benefit of God's wisdom, because we have the Bible. Do you have one? Do you have one? Anyone not have one? There's going to be an altar service after the end of the sermon that you can come down for lying. I didn't say, do you have one here? I said, do you own one somewhere? But anyway, we have the benefit of the Bible. But David, before he had the Bible bound in a nice leather cover and the words of Jesus in red, David discovered something about God that took him into another dimension. I mean, think about it. At the time David lived, The only way you could approach the Ark of the Covenant, which signified God, was through shed blood on the Day of Atonement. Now, if you know your history, the priest would come in, and when the incense filled the room and he had a blood sacrifice, that's when he could approach God, only then. And if he had fire in the incense that was different from the fire on the altar, God would kill him. These guys walked with bells on their robes. In case God smote them dead and the bell quit ringing, they'd know to drag them out by a rope they had tied around their ankle. That's how particular God was about how you approached him. Back then, you did not go boldly into the throne room of God. God was not to be fooled with. Uzzah was killed when he touched the ark inappropriately. But David, David learned something about his God. In a time that required the blood of bulls and goats and smoke and ceremonial cleansings, David found a spot in God that would enable him to come before God without blood, without smoke, without any of the ceremony. David's hands were dirty. Nothing had been sacrificed, and he came into the presence of God without being killed. Really? Well, this is how he did it. Psalms 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his holy name for the Lord is good. The Lord's mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. Come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. What David is saying is if you will praise God, God will let you come all the way in to his inner sanctuary. So what that means is praise is more than attitude. Praise is more than action. Praise is more than protection. Praise is access. When you're thankful and you praise Him, God opens the doors to His throne. That's why David wrote in Psalms 22, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Because when you begin to praise God, it takes you out of the natural realm and puts you into the spiritual realm where God resides. That means you can have access to God while you're driving your car. You're heading to work, you start praising God, he jumps in the front seat with you. That means you can praise him in the hospital when you can't get your doctor to show up. That means you can praise him when you're alone at midnight. Praise gives gives you divine, supernatural, Holy Ghost access to Almighty God. Doesn't get any better than that. So let's look. In 1 Samuel chapter 5, we find that the Ark of the Covenant had been captured by the Philistines. Now while it was gone... The tabernacle of Moses, the original home of the ark, was still operating. The priests were going through the ceremonies and the rituals, but no ark. The ark wasn't there. Well, then we fast forward and we get to 2 Samuel chapter 6, and David is bringing back the ark of the covenant to Jerusalem. And here, David is bringing the ark, which again, remember, represents the very presence of God. He's bringing it back home, and David is entertaining God with the praise of dance. He was going so crazy, his wife was embarrassed, and she said to him, David, you look like a fool. Why don't you act like a king? I want you to know it is worth looking like a fool sometimes to have the anointing of God on your life. That's how I know that Starley is anointed when she's dancing up here because she doesn't fall off her high heels. You try that without the anointing. So David put the ark in a one-room tent. No brazen altar, no altar of incense, no table of showbread. The veil wasn't there, no blood, no smoke. What? Only Praise. 24 hours a day, praise went up to God in David's tabernacle. In a time when blood sacrifices were the norm, David was able to access God through praise and worship and thanksgiving. No blood, no ceremony. The key was in the praise. So how do we apply this to our lives today? Because we live in a time because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that blood sacrifice is no longer necessary. Because Jesus shed his blood on the cross, we no longer have to shed the blood of animals. Well, if that's the case, then what do we have to offer our Lord? We have Our sacrifice of praise we have our worship we have our Thanksgiving that is the fruit of our lips born out of the consecration we have in our heart that's how this applies to you and me and why praise is not just a suggestion it's a command. Now, we know that. We know that. We've been in church. We've heard that before. Pastor Travis has preached just an incredible series on worship and praise. And so so we, we, we understand that. We know that God dwells in the praises of his people. Why don't we do it more? Notice I said we. I'm not preaching to you. Why don't we? do it more? What is it that is getting in the way of our praise? What is getting in the way of us being thankful? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows to trouble you, corrupting many. the root of bitterness will spoil you. Bitterness will corrupt you, but the main thing it will do, it will lock up your access to heaven. But we're Christians. We're saved. So we're quick to say, oh, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. You see, because bitter is such a strong word, and we want everyone to think that we've got it all together but any time we are unthankful ungrateful or complaining the root is in bitterness we're unhappy that things aren't going our way we're mad because someone else has it better than we do. The poisonous root of bitterness is troubling us to the extent that what we have is never enough. When my dad was a young preacher, there were times when uh, things were tough. There were times when he and my mom only had eggs to eat for the week. Scrambled eggs, fried eggs, poached eggs, and then it gets old quick. Back then, he was a traveling evangelist and he would drive hundreds of miles to minister. They'd take an offering, and the offering wouldn't be enough to fill his car up with gas. What was gas back then? 15 cents a gallon? And so a few years ago before he died, he told me about this one particular time when when (laughs) he invited God to one of his pity parties. If you're taking notes, write this down. Not a good idea to invite God to a pity party. Make a note of that. Well, my dad, you know, he was bitter about a situation. He was frustrated. He was angry. And so my dad was letting God know how he felt. Well, after a while, God let him vent. And then God said, Dan, get up. Go in the other room. What do you see? My dad said, Well, I see my kids. There's Terry. There's Mike, my favorite. And God said, What are they doing? My dad said, They're sleeping. God said, how do they look? My dad said, they look fine. God said, go in the other room. What do you see? My dad said, I see my wife. How does she look? My dad said, she looked really fine. God said, okay, go look in the mirror. What do you see? My dad said, I see me. How do you look? I guess okay. And God said, how come you never thanked me for those things? God said, are you breathing? When was the last time you thanked me for that? Dan, can you walk? Can you talk? Can you see? You haven't thanked me for any of that. God said, Dan, you are spoiled. I have given you so much that you think that I owe you something. I have looked over your mistakes. I've given you grace when you weren't worthy. I protected you when the enemy tried to kill you. How dare you give me your attitude? Wow. It hurts me to retell the story. My backside is hurting for my dad. I want you to know that trip to the spiritual woodshed changed my dad's life forever. And he went from being a complainer to being a praiser. And I believe that's one of the main reasons my folks were so blessed. They found David's key and they never forgot to praise God, to honor God, and to thank God. And so as we come into this Thanksgiving season, perhaps we need to think about some things. Now I know you've been through some difficult times i know you've had tough times but maybe we should start remembering all the things that could have happened all the things that should have happened when we didn't even acknowledge that god was walking was watching over us we get an attitude about our car we get an attitude about what's happening at work we go through a little storm Friends, it rains on the just and the unjust. We have all experienced pain, but I would submit to you today that you have not lost everything or you would not be here. So how many things has God done that we have not thanked him for? We need to go back and tell God, thank you for everything we forgot to say thank you for. You see, by his own admission, my dad hadn't treated God right. But he thought that God hadn't treated him right. And that's where bitterness comes from. It's when you feel like that someone or life or even God had treated you right. And it allows bitterness to take root in your life and your praise and your thanks and your gratitude dries up. But when we take time to stop and remember the innumerable things that Almighty God has done for us and all the times he's come through for us that we haven't thanked him for I would submit to you friends that he has a much bigger complaint than we do God has been much better to us than we've ever been to him And even if you're a numbers person and you want to count it all up, all the bad days, all the heartaches, all the pain, all the injustice, if you want to add it all together, it falls way, way short of the fact that God sent his only son to die on the cross to forgive your sins and mine. And that's even before we start adding in all the blessings of what he's done for us. not just during Thanksgiving, but in every season, we owe God our thanks. How do we show it? We show it in our praise. We show it in our praise. Praise is an attitude that originates in our heart. Praise is an antidote to anything and everything Satan tries to bring in your life. Praise allows us access to the very throne room of God. And friend, no matter what you're going through, praise to your God will be a beacon of light during your darkest midnight hour. Bow your heads with me, please. Let's just take a minute. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And let's get alone with God. And let's reflect back and remember some of the things that God has done for us. Now, maybe you are going to be lonely during these upcoming holidays. But you could thank Him that you're healthy. And maybe you're not as healthy as you'd like to be, but you could thank God that he sends people to help you when you need it. Perhaps you don't have that new car that you want, but can you thank God that the one you have still runs? But even through that, if if you can't think of anything to be thankful for, could it be because of bitterness? Has bitterness taken her? Because the fact is, friend, we really don't have any valid complaints against God. And so, on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, can you you just reach down in your heart and find something, something to thank God for? Now, now I understand you may not have everything you want, but, but you can thank God for what you have. gets full of thanks. When your heart gets full of praise and it gets full of gratitude. When your heart is full of appreciation and when when we get rid of the bitterness and complaining from our heart then we can begin to bless our God. Just for a couple of minutes open your mouth. Let your praise be the fruit of your lips from your heart. Tell him he's wonderful. Tell him he's wonderful. Tell him he's lovely. Let it be the let the fruit of your lips come forth. Thank God for being your friend. Thank you for carrying your burdens, being with you every step of the way. Because after all, Thanksgiving isn't just a day. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. Father, I will not be silent. I will not let rocks cry out instead of me. Your praise will ever be on my lips. I magnify you, Father. I praise your holy name. For in you and through you all things are possible. All good things happen. All good blessings occur, God. I praise you. I worship you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You may be here today, and you're not a Christian. But I want you to know, even if you are not saved, you still have something you can be grateful for. And that is that God, in His mercy, has allowed you the opportunity to come and know Him. And friend, the good news is that 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 opportunity is right now. And so if you need Jesus to forgive you of sins, I'm not going to beg, I'm not going to coerce. But if you need Jesus to forgive you of things in your life that you know are not pleasing to Him, if you need to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, and you need something truly, truly to be thankful for, that you will have everlasting life with Him, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as a sign of being thankful that God came and gave His Son. Thank you. Thank you. God gave His Son for you. Thank you. I'm not saying that you're not a professing Christian. I'm not saying that you don't do your best to live for him, that you're not living for him. But there are things in your life that you realize have gotten in the way of your praise. You need to ask God to forgive you. for. It. You'll raise your hand. Any others? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. My hand's up. My hand's up. You know, we don't have an altar call, that I don't need to raise my hand. Life is difficult. Temptations are everywhere. And I want to go overboard to make sure I have a clean and pure heart before God. Anyone else? You need God to do something in your life to take care of some things. The thing every Christian is most thankful for is we have everlasting life in our heavenly Father. Would you stand with me? All over this room. Altar workers, would you come? Take your place around the front. Now, the singers are going to create an atmosphere of worship. They're going to create an atmosphere of praise. His praise will always be on my lips. And so, you know, I know we're close on time, but don't be the first one out the door. Is God worthy of your praise? Is God worthy of your praise? Well, take a few minutes and praise Him. Take a few minutes in this atmosphere where His Spirit is flowing to praise Him. This Sunday is Thanksgiving. I mean, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. Well, today, this is Thanksgiving Sunday. Let's give Thanksgiving to our God from heaven from who all blessings flow. And if you raised your hand, you need to be forgiven for sin. If you didn't raise your hand, these are the most wonderful people In this world. And they would love to pray with you. They'll pray with you for salvation. If you need healing in your body, there's sickness that's trying to get a hold of you. They will pray with you about that. If you need to pray about old Uncle Joe and Aunt Susie, they'll pray with you about that. But I invite you to come. Don't wait till I'm finished talking. Go ahead. People have already come. We invite you to come. Go ahead, singers. Start singing. His praise shall forever be on my lips. Let's turn this service into a time where we can praise him. And let's give him our thanks. Are we thankful?